0: Hello and welcome to Grace Life Douris. We are a gospel-centered church family focused on reaching the unreached and making disciples. We pray that this teaching will help you to grow in your relationship with Jesus and discover more of the reality of Christianity. Hello, welcome back and a Merry Christmas to you as we record our final Christmas message for 2023. I hope that you will have a glorious Christmas and a wonderful new year, and I trust that this teaching that you'll listen to will not just encourage you, but also make you realize the real reality of your Christian faith and um, who you are and who He is, and um, really the extraordinary gift we have in holding the Bible in our hands today. What a privilege, what an honor, and may we seek Him as we enter these pages of His Word. And so let's start by prayer. Grab your Bible, notebook, some water, something to drink, and uh, let's start. So Father, I want to thank you for your glorious, wonderful presence. Thank you that we get as we get into the Word, that it will excite us and ignite us and just really do what only your Word can do, which is so much more than we can ever think or imagine. We praise you. We, we want to glorify you. We, we just stand in awe of who you are and what you do. You are wonderful, you are Lord, and you are God, and we will forever praise you as Lord and God. Amen. Okay, let's get right into it. So, the one thing that most people will say when we ask them what Christmas is all about is definitely it is about gifts, okay? Now, although this is a tradition, this is a tradition that goes back all the way to the Bible with God being the very first to give the gift of salvation, a son, not just... um, a gift wrapped in something beautiful, but his own son. Okay. And then also there is another gift where the wise men comes to bring their gifts. And in the new year, I will be sharing with you some practical, relevant truths as we look at the encounter of the wise men with Mary and Joseph. And it's going to encourage you. And I believe, although it will sound like a Christmas message in new year, it will give you a lot to take away into the new year. So do look out for that teaching. Okay, so let's go deeper and look at the gift that Jesus received as a child. And then we will pull it all together and draw from it what God wants us to hear from today. Let's go to Matthew 2, and we're going to read the encounter. And we're going to focus on the gifts and not the wise men. So Matthew 2, verse 1 to 12. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod, the king, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he? Who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and with him, and all Jerusalem with him. Gathering together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They said to him in Bethlehem of Judea, For this is what has been written by the prophet, and you, Bethlehem, land of Judea, or Judah, are by no means least among the leaders of Judah. For out of you shall come forth a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called the Magi and determined from them the exact time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child, and when you have found him, report to me, so that I too may come and worship him. After hearing the king, they went their way and saw the star which they had seen in the east went on before them until it came and stood over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. After coming into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell to the ground and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they presented to him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned by God in a dream not to return to Herod, the Magi left for their own country by another way. So for this service, like I said, we will be focusing on the gifts. After coming into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell to the ground and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they presented to him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. This is interesting. These men worshipped the child. And they opened their treasures to him. Now this, there's three gifts and that's why many times in the story as we see it pictured out into, um, pictures and postcards and all around, um, internet, we see three men on, uh, camels. Now, camels is true, but it might not have been three men. It may have been three. It may not have been. Um, but there are definitely three gifts. So the first gift that they give is gold. Now gold is a symbol of wealth and power and kingship. It is used in the temple temple and in the tabernacle. And so it shows him, the one who is receiving the gold, it shows him as high priest and also as king of kings. When we read in the scriptures, which is Genesis to Malachi or Old Testament, we see that the queen from Sheba brought almost these exact same gifts to King Solomon. In 1 Kings 10 verse 2, it says, So she came to Jerusalem with a very large retinue with camels carrying spices and very much gold and precious stones. When she came to Solomon, she spoke with him about all that was in her heart. You see, we see here that it is again showing us that the scripture speaks to each other. The word of God is one unit. It's 66 books called the Bible, but it all contains one message pointing us to one person, the person of Jesus Christ as Lord and as savior as God. So the holy of holies is, um, if you look at the temple, let me go one step back. <clears throat> when we look at these gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, all of they, they, they are found all over the word. In different places. But there is only one place. Where all three of these. Are found together. Which is quite interesting. They are all found together. Only in the uh, tabernacle. When God. Uh, sets his people th- free and this whole nation is being set free. One of the very first instructions he gives them is how to build this temple for him or this tabernacle for him. And it is, co- it consists mostly of three parts. If you were to Google it, you will see that it consists of the holy of holies, then the holy place, and then the outside, tab- um, the outside, um, tabernacle, the outside area. Let's just say that because I just forgot the word. (laughs) And so what we know about these three different courts, there you go, the outside court, is that the holy of holies only the high priest could enter there and that was where the very presence of god dwelt now the holy of holies that part of the temple even the temple which solomon built as well as the tabernacle was either made articles were either made of pure gold or it was laced over with gold so it was covered with gold so this is talking about purity this is talking about holiness kingly like i said before kingship power and wealth you know Second to this, the second gift that's given is frankincense, which we also find in the tabernacle. Frankincense is a sweet and pleasant smell. It is burnt in the temple in the holy place, which is right before the Holy of Holies. In the Psalms, it represents the prayers of God's people, which is found in Psalms 141, verse 2. May my prayer be counted as incense before you, the lifting up of my hands as the evening offering. This represents the role of the priest. It holds healing powers as well. And this is the same for myrrh. Although myrrh represents the role of the savior, which we will talk about now, both myrrh and also frankincense frankincense is harvested in the same way. What they would do is they would um, take the tree and then wound it or mark it. Now, isn't that interesting? Don't you already think of Jesus? Jesus. The tree is wounded. And then what they call, what they say is that the tree has to drip or bleed out the oil. And that oil is then, as it hardens, it is then harvested. That is so beautiful. When we think about what Jesus did in the cross, we are right at the beginning of his life on earth. And here is already a, a, a clear picture of what was going to happen to him. He would be wounded. And he would bleed so that we may become a frankincense, a myrrh, a sweet. He would become that incense to God, his sacrifice. And then that we would become that that incense even to God as we accept him as Lord of our life, Jesus, our Savior. So myrrh represents the role of the Savior. Now this also holds healing power. And it is added to the anointing oil used for priests in the Old Testament or in the Scriptures. The Egyptians used it to mummify bodies. And we see this also proven in John, um, that the Jews did this as well. It's proven in the book of John. John 19 verse 39, Nicodemus, who had first come to him by night, also came, bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 100 pounds weight. That's when Jesus, after Jesus dies, he brings this to do the mummifying of the body. They also tried to give this to Jesus as a drink at the crucifixion. Like I said, it holds healing power. One of them is that it can remove pain. And we see in Mark 15, verse 23, where he's hanging on the cross. They, we see the soldiers tried to give him wine mixed with myrrh, but he did not take it. We also, interesting enough, find this myrrh where Queen Esther also bathed in myrrh. So in Esther 2, verse 12, Now, when the turn of each young lady came to go into King Ahasuerus after the end of her 12 months under the regulations of the woman, for the woman, for the days of the beautification were completed as follows. Six months with oil of myrrh and six months with spices and the cosmetics for women. So these are some communalities. Um, Sorry. These so are not some commonalities, not between all of the gifts, but between myrrh, but also between frankincense, sweet fragrance um, that is brought. But what we clearly see the difference between the frankincense and the myrrh is that where the frankincense represents the um, royal, the, not royal, but the the priests in the temple burning these, these incenses before God, the myrrh represents his death. It was used as a form of um, mummifying the body so already in the gift of the myrrh would be the representation of his life and death at the cross so although there's some commonalities between all of them we can highlight them as well for you um, they are all given by the wealthy and to the wealthy okay they are given as gifts for kings and queens Although elements of them appear in different parts of the scriptures in the Bible, they are only found together in one place in the temple. The visit of these wise men, and they're also considered kings, was also not a new thing. And uh, you'll see that in the next teaching for the new year, is that it was in fulfillment of scriptures found in Isaiah 18, verse 7, Psalm 72, verse 10 to 11, and even in Isaiah 60, verse 3 and verse 6. They came with gifts, which was fulfilling scripture. So it wasn't just that the scriptures were saying that wise men or kings would come and worship this, the king of the Jews, but also that they would bring gifts of frankincense, of gold, and of precious jewels. And they would praise the one that they saw. They would praise the one that they encounter. So again, we see that God is not moving outside of his written word. He is faithful to keep his word and he is faithful to fulfill it so we can believe in it. Okay, so once again, gold is in the Holy of Holies. Frankincense is found in the offering, the outer court where they do the offering. So that represents the priesthood. Gold represents king. And myrrh represents, as we saw, it's used at the altar of incense in the holy praise. And it represents him as Lord and Savior as it's used to embalm bodies. So it represents a kind of death. So let's put all these gifts together and see if we can hear the gospel from what happened as God fulfills his scriptures. Ready? Here we go. So the first thing we need to remember is that the gold should remind us over this Christmas season that God left heaven's glory to become like one of us so that we might be saved and become like Him. The scriptures declare that once we have received Him as Lord and Savior, His Spirit comes to live right inside of us, and we are now reconciled with God. And in 1 John 4 verse 17, it says that we are now like Him, that we are not God But we are once again reconciled in His likeness. This is so precious. We see in Isaiah 9, verse 6 to 7, you can turn there if you want to, Isaiah 9, verse 6 to 7, that there is a beautiful promise given to us. For a child will be born to us, son will be given to us, and the government will rest on His shoulders, and His name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. There will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace on the throne of David and over his kingdom. To establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness from then on and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. The gold reminds us that God humbled himself and became like one of us to save us. Isn't that beautiful? And today we may know when we look at that, precious, precious gift. It can remind us that we have now received the precious gift of salvation and him, he will reign forever. He is called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father and Prince of Peace. And there will be no end to the increase of his government and it, we will reign in peace forevermore. And who will do this? Who will do this? The zeal of the Lord. Isn't that incredible? And that gift gives us such a beautiful reminder that we have a King, that we have a Lord. We don't belong to the world when we have been saved. We are in it, but we belong to God and He takes care of us. He is willing always to help us, to serve us, to, um, as He said when He was on earth, to serve us. It's so radical every time I say that, that God's willing to, serve us and love us, be kind to us, but that he is also Lord and King and we have the privilege to also serve him, to love on him, to behold him, to call him our Lord, our master, and that we can say, Lord, what is it that you have for us? Wonderful, wonderful counselor, mighty Lord, eternal father and prince of peace, what is it that we can do for you? How can we be part of your story, your eternal story here on earth? In the frankincense, there is a beautiful message that he lived a life that became like burning incense to be enjoyed by all. So not only did he leave heaven's glory and become like one of us and walked on the dust of this earth, experienced what man experienced, not in sin, but just the frailty of humanity, he lived that, he felt that, he saw that, he experienced all of that, so that we may know that we have a high priest that has compassion for us, that knows us, that understands us. And although he never sinned, not internally and not externally, he understand what it's like to be tempted. He understands us, but he is Lord and he remained King just as gold is pure. So the frankincense reminds us in this Christmas season that his life was like a burnt sacrifice for us, uh, burnt incense for us to be enjoyed by all. Um, If we look at 2 Corinthians 2 verse 14 to 15, it says, but thanks be to God. So again, 2 Corinthians 2 verse 14 to 15, but thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and manifests Through us, the sweet aroma of the knowledge of God in every place. For we are a fragrance of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. Isn't that wonderful? We see how God, how Jesus, the fragrance of Jesus, had two results in people's lives it was either something that was bringing hope and life and sweet smell to those who were being saved or it would be a stench among those who just refuse to come to Him. And so in our life, we know that it will be the same. But we look to Him, this precious gift of frankincense given to us, a life that when we go to the pages and read about His life on earth, that it is more than an encouragement. It is a picture of what it's like when God lives among us. And today we know that when we get born again, His Spirit comes and dwells inside of us and we are enabled and empowered to do what he did to live the extraordinary life on earth that he himself lived being empowered by god by his spirit and definitely not trying to do it on our own and so may we enjoy him may we enjoy him as the sweet smelling sacrifice uh, sacrifice i keep on saying sacrifice and incense And as we also enjoy that, let us lead lives that also manifest the sweet aroma of knowing him. And Then finally, in the final gift, which is myrrh, we acknowledge and recognize that he did not only come leaving heaven's glory as the king on earth and the king of heaven and the king of kings. He came, he became one of us. He also lived a life that was an incense, a fragrance, of sweet smell, and then he also died. This death that only a sinner deserves, being holy and clean, he decides to become our sacrifice and in our place so that we may receive his life that has come, his life that has come to set us free, free from sin, free from destruction, free from perishment, but that he may give us this life, this God kind of life gift that will give us eternal life living inside of us when we believe. As it declares in John 3 verse 16, although it's such a well-known scripture, may we never get tired of hearing it. For God so loved the world that he... He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Through His death and resurrection and ascension, we experience the born-again reality of being Creatures, new creations, filled with the Spirit of God, alive to God, with His Spirit now living inside of us. Not just are we forgiven and made righteous, but we are also made new creations, empowered by God. That that death, which is represented by the myrrh, that death was not the end. That was just the beginning of greater things to come. And so we celebrate, yes, that people would bring gifts acknowledging that this child that was born is king and would rule as king and rules as king today but we acknowledge the greater gift during christmas that he is our gift and what he has done through his death at the cross as an innocent man laying down his life as a sacrifice for those who were completely completely guilty he died once and for all in our place And not only did he stay dead, but God raised him from the dead three days later, proving that he is Lord and he is God. And death has no hold on him. Sin has no place with him, but that he is the Messiah, the one who was and is to come, the glorious, the glorious Lord, the mighty counselor, the Prince of Peace. That is who he is. And then he would be raised not only from the dead, but he would be received back into the heavenly realms. And leave us the Holy Spirit, filling those who believe with his actual presence, so that we may become the new temple of God. You see, these three things were found in the temple together. Why? Because these gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh was picturing already to us, that God was making a new kind of temple, a new kind of of being that would be the temple of God, that would bring the holy of holies, the holy and the outer court all together into our hearts, and that he would come and dwell in us and make His his, us his dwelling place. (laughs) That's incredible. Make us his dwelling place so that all maybe have all of us, everywhere around the world, could have access to his presence, could have access to his fragrance, could have access to the wonderful message of his death and his resurrection and the reality that he has come to bring us life. And when we receive that life, we seek no more the things of the world, but we seek him and him alone, for he is the most precious gift. I want you. I want to leave you with this final thought. This final thought that encourages me every time I think about it. It is incredible to see the gifts that they brought. And we will also look at it in the new year, who they are, the wise men. But, you know, let us take into this Christmas season this one truth. If they had known, really understood, completely saw the reality of what Jesus, this boy in front of them, what he would do and what he would accomplish, I think they would have come empty-handed and said, we are not here to bring you gifts. You are the gift. And we are here to worship you and ask you what you have for us. And of course, they couldn't do that for a (laughs) two-year-old. But this is the image I want to leave you with this Christmas season is to recognize and realize that all our gifts that we bring to the Lord are insufficient and small and never could be enough compared to Him that is the gift and brings the gift of salvation and reconciliation to God, a new creation, a new kind of temple, walking on the earth, Carrying the presence of God wherever we go because we have been united. We have been reconciled to God. We have been brought out of darkness into light. We carry the gold, the frankincense, and the myrrh inside of us. And we can take that message, that reality, into all the world around us and see transformation and see the kingdom of God on the earth as it is in the heavenly realms. Hallelujah. May you be blessed and your family be blessed during Christmas. I pray for you that the peace of God may fill your heart and may the joy, the precious exceeding joy of knowing that you are saved, may it be a reality to you every day. And if you are not yet saved and you've not yet said yes to Jesus, then I want to tell you there's no reason that you are listening to this by accident. You are listening to hear because the Lord is calling out to you saying, come and be reconciled to me. I am more than enough. You don't need all the answers. You just need me and I will become your wisdom, your peace, your sanctification, your revelation that will lead you into more. And we just want to praise God for who he is during this season. We want to just take away all the distractions and all the stories and all the fairy tales and come back to the truth of the true message of Christmas. A Saviour has been born and God walked among us and now continues and remains among us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You remain here by your Spirit in every believer and that you are calling out to everyone who doesn't believe yet and saying, I am available, I am here. Reach out and say yes to the gift of salvation. I want to be your Lord and I am your Lord. And may we never forget that no matter what, Lord, Thank you, Jesus. May we never forget that no matter what we bring, no matter how good it looks, even our best is nothing compared to the glory of you, to who you are, and the gifts you have given us through giving us eternal life. Amen. You can find more of our free teachings on our website, www.gracelife.co. And if you're ever in the Douris area, we invite you to join us for one of our gatherings. Our aim is to help you discover Jesus, find family, and experience life. To contact us or to find out where and when we meet, visit our website www.gracelife.com.